Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. I've often had guests on my show who are teachers or the children of teachers or educational administrators. When my boys were in elementary school, I spent a lot of time volunteering at their K-5 through school and getting to know firsthand how hard it is to be an effective teacher and the amount of work it takes to have a positive effect on these little kids. We know it's not as easy as it sounds, and parents certainly became more aware and more sympathetic to teachers' efforts during the pandemic. I take my hat off to anyone who has devoted their life to playing such a significant role in our children's lives to help them believe in themselves, that anything is possible, and that it's okay to think outside the box. As a third-generation female educator, most recently having taught fifth and sixth grades, my guest is a proud member of the Navajo Nation and member of the LGBTQ community. Her grandmother was a Navajo teacher, her mother a special education teacher, and my guest is a licensed elementary teacher and podcast addict. Tammy loves to write and create stories on her podcast called Cozy Rainbow, and that's geared for kids, of course, ages 10 and up. So I am really happy to have Tammy Haddad on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Hi, it's so nice to be speaking with you today. I usually begin the conversation because we're here talking about moms. Please tell us your mom's name. So my mom's name is Charlene. And does she have her Native American name? Was she born with a Native American name as well? Um, no. No? Okay. No, we do have our clan names, but um, technically, I mean, my clan is a little... It's a little different because my dad is white. <laughs> okay. That's what America is made of, right? Yeah. Did your mom grow up on the reservation? She did. She did grow up on the reservation. So my grandparents and the part that I've mostly been to is in Monument Valley, Utah. People know it. Maybe. I mean, probably not. But people maybe know it because it there's museums there for like western movies that were filmed once long ago i don't really like western movies but that is you know they have the train looking rocks and stuff my mom didn't grow up in monument valley her whole life she grew up in a different part of the reservation but um i went there once to the place where my mom was born and you know went to elementary school i think it was and she doesn't she hasn't told me too much about it because i don't know it's just a part of her life that i guess is so far away from where she is now the time that i did visit the town that she grew up in dare i call it a town it's not really i wouldn't call it a town it's just on the reservation um the elementary school that she went to it was kind of like the section of five houses but maybe more like trailers i guess and there was a school and maybe like in the i think some trailers where the teachers lived maybe and then like i mean really really small how i'm describing it even you might have a picture in your head of that it's bigger than it what it is and i remember the time my mom took me there i got car sick because there's no paved roads and she kept she kept having to stop because the road was so bumpy and mm -hmm. i was like how did you do this and she's like well you just kind of get used to it you know if you're doing it all the time but of course you know so i was born and raised in las vegas um 
and there's only paved roads here. I don't. Right. Well, I mean, there, there's probably some dirt roads. I have no idea where they are. Anyway, the only reason why my mom had taken me out there was because we. It was when I turned 18, and I was going to enroll to vote in the Navajo Nation. Ah, great! I'm so happy you're you're voting. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's more like for for government stuff, you know, so that I actually have on paper that I am Native American because you have to have documents to prove it. It's not just like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a privilege to be able to vote. And I and I respect that she took you out there. Now, this is your maternal grandmother, right? Your mom's mom, who was also a, a teacher. Yeah, she was also a teacher. So my grandma was a teacher and I don't really know too much about her education career. What I do know, well, my grandpa was a, a bus driver too, funny enough. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's probably because, you know, there's not too many jobs on the reservation. Um, so he was a bus driver. She was a school teacher. And my mom did not become a teacher. Like she didn't go to college to be a teacher. I don't think that she really dreamt of being a teacher, but, uh, she actually got her degree in accounting (laughs) and she was like, you know, she met my dad and stuff at the university that they were going to. And basically because of my dad, I guess, you know, she ended up kind of working with him because his family, you know, owned a small business. And my mom, while I was in high school, decided to get a master's degree in special education because she just wanted a change in her life. So that's how she ended up becoming a teacher and she did not teach on you i think we talked about this she did not teach on the reservation no she did not teach on the reservation but my grandma did now it was through the tribe that both you and your mom were able to get funds for your education yeah and probably my grandma too although i don't know for sure about that one because i don't get to talk to her too much you know she lives on the reservation and stuff so i don't see her very often but my mom yes we both applied for scholarships and that that is my big lesson i guess you could say from my mother where i did listen to my mother um she said apply for scholarships i said that <laughs> you got it mom and i just went nuts i applied for every like native american scholarship and i love past tammy for doing that for me because yeah now i'm i don't have any student debt and a lot of my friends do. Oh, you're so lucky. Very good. I'm so glad you listened to your mother. Yes, me too. Yes, it can be. It's frustrating, too, because so I have other siblings, right? And I, I also wouldn't say it's not luck, because I definitely know a lot of people that could have been applying to those scholarships, and they didn't. I think I have it down to a craft, right? You know, I do like writing. So I think I write a pretty strong scholarship essay or admission essay or whatever it is. And getting the stuff turned in on time is actually a skill in and of itself, because that is something that my brothers have not been so great with. I'm trying to help them with that. I tell them, set a reminder in your calendar. <laughs> oh. On on their phone? You mean the phone that they're on all the time and then they don't yes, answer? Someone calls you and they don't look at the alerts that they said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that phone. <laughs> yep, that old phone. Yeah, I tell them, I say, take out your phone right now. I worked for a scholarship office in college because that's how, you know, I was dedicated to getting getting my funding. I, I said, I don't want to have student loans and I want to live comfortably. So, yeah, I was always, always looking for just the opportunities that 
were made available to me, like really trying to take advantage of those. So yeah. Okay, so you have three younger siblings, all brothers? I had two brothers and one sister, and we are all three years apart. I guess I should ask before the sibling question, where do you think you get this direction, this drive? Is that something you get from your mom, this stick-to-itiveness, like, I want that. I want that scholarship. I want this job. I want to study this. Yes, I think so, because, well, it's hard to say, because so my dad... I was an only child for three years. <laughs> um, uh-huh. and then my, yeah. And then my next brother that was born, he's really quiet and it's really not very typical is what I've heard forever growing up that siblings get along so well. I never fought with my siblings. I've never been mad at them. Uh, yeah, that's all of us. We never just never fought. Never. You know, those siblings that like tussle around and stuff. Yeah, but it must have been something that you picked up from your parents, right? I'm assuming that they set the vibe in the household. I like to think that I set the vibe. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> but well, you know, this is a piece of my mom's advice, I guess you could say. So my mom, she tried to enroll me in Taekwondo or like karate when I was younger. I really didn't like it. Now I think it's because I don't like the outfits. I like to wear cute outfits and I just didn't think that the white uniform was was totally fit. But anyway, the rest of my siblings, my mom enrolled them in uh in Taekwondo. So they actually were forced to fight each other <laughs> like when they would spar. <laughs> and my mom says that's why we never fought at home. I mean, Aside from me, that's why I think I just kind of maybe somewhere naturally in my personality where I was just like, my little brother, though, he was so quiet. Like, he didn't talk until he was three. So it's like, what was I going to fight with him about? And he, he was just so nice. So, yeah. Was your mom home all the time when you guys were little? No, definitely not. But this is what I think is kind of special. So my mom, she went to college And I'll go back to your question about the drive too, because I ended up talking about my siblings. So my mom, I do get my drive from my mom. A lot of the persistence I think I get from my dad, but my mom too. I mean, if you ask my dad, he'll say it was all my mom is my mom. All my good qualities are from her because. So like I said, my mom grew up on the reservation, going to school on the reservation schools, and they're not so great. I think my mom was a pretty good student just because she's, you know, smart and, wanted better things for her life because and I don't want to go saying like oh you know poor me poor us whatever but and because my mom also isn't like that I think my mom you know all we do is just talk about the opportunities that we've been blessed with but growing up you know she lived in a house that didn't have running water so going to school I think she kind of saw it as her opportunity and she has told me she had a counselor when she was in high school that basically was like, Cheryl, you need to apply for college and helped her through all the paperwork and stuff because my mom was really shy and just didn't know. It's so hard to explain. Like there in my mind, it's like there's the white world, which is, you know, America that I grew up in. And then there is the reservation where my mom is from. And, you know, there's a lot of great tradition and culture there, but it's not necessarily there's not a lot like I said there's just not the the financial opportunity to have the kind of life where you you know like my grandparents own a house but it's pretty small and it's 
literally i mean there's no road there's no road to get there it's you just like drive through the dirt to get there so um yeah this high school counselor really helped my mom out and made her apply and my mom ended up going to college that's how she met my dad and because i guess the story they were both business majors like my mom was in accounting business accounting my dad was in just business management or whatever and my mom they were taking a class together my mom needed a textbook and she couldn't get the textbook or whatever but somebody had told her that my dad was like pretty nice or maybe like <laughs> took that class before and like would help her out and give her the textbook uh-huh. and so she she was so shy and if if you met my mom today she's not nobody would describe her as shy nobody nobody would like people are shocked to find out that my mom was like too shy at one time to ask for things but it's just because she just was afraid to talk to people you know it's like she grew up on a reservation with navajo people and then it's like getting out into this other world with like culture shock different yes culture shock exactly so yeah she was too afraid to even knock on my dad's dorm door to ask him for the textbook so she had her friend do it and I mean, yeah, so that was that. He he lent her the textbook and then they basically started dating, kept dating, whatever. My mom got this scholarship. Uh, it's called IHS and it's still around today. It's an Indian health scholarship. I think that's what it's called. But it is for Native American people who want to go into the healthcare field. Basically, you know, they'll pay for your school, but the contingency is that you have to go work on the reservation for two years doing whatever it is that you learned you know what i mean if you want to be a podiatrist then you have to go work as a podiatrist on a reservation yep you get back for two years after you graduate yeah but i mean that's actually kind of a sweet deal because a lot of people can't find a job when they graduate so it's like did she do it did she go back to the reservation yeah so she did she did she actually ended up moving to portland and she was working as an accountant for a hospital there. Well, my dad, they went to school in Utah. So my dad, gosh, I don't even, I think he maybe kept living in Utah. And that's when he was the one who had family in Vegas. Like his, his parents moved to Vegas and stuff. So they were doing this long distance thing. And my mom has told me before, she's like, I was going to leave your dad because if he didn't propose, like we needed to do something, you know, because I think of my mom, like just so adventurous, like, you know, she grew up on the reservation, goes to college, and then goes to Portland, dude. Like, Portland <laughs> is, like, this cool place. And she's, like, downtown, like, learning all this stuff. And that's a good job as an accountant for a hospital. But, yeah, she did her time, I think. And then, I mean, that sounds like she was in jail. But, you know, she served the hospital. She served the reservation um, there and then moved to Las Vegas to be with my dad. So then when she was in Las Vegas, she decided she wanted to learn how to be a pharmacy technician so she basically did that i guess like she just like went and this my, this is how my dad puts it went and bothered the pharmacy person until they gave her the job oh that's <laughs> because, great oh yeah my because gosh. she she didn't have you know the like she didn't go to school to be a pharmacy tech but I guess, you know, at the time they're like, well, we can teach you or whatever. So she was like, I want to work here. So she did that. And then she decided she was bored. And that this is what my dad says about my mom too. She gets bored. So she got bored with being the accountant at the hospital. She got bored with being a pharmacy tech. So my mom was like, let me work with you. My dad's name is John. So she's like, let me work with you, John. And my dad worked with his dad and they owned, and I guess still do technically a video editing business. And my dad was like, Cheryl, 
you don't we don't work with me like this isn't a good idea you know i think you should keep doing your own thing or whatever but again she was really persistent and yeah they started working together and so that's when i was born and all my siblings so we i kind of grew up in my parents office a little bit <laughs> oh like as so many kids do <laughs> yeah you know, well i like, think i was kind of lucky yeah because then i was able to like actually be with my parents you know what i mean and since my dad was a business owner i mean small business you know but like if i had an issue at school or whatever he doesn't have a boss that he has to go and say oh my god my kid is sick can i go pick them up sure. no he just goes and gets he went and came and picked me up how who was the disciplinarian in the family both of them you know i think uh my parents i know a lot of people don't have great parents and i'm really lucky because both of my parents definitely held me and my siblings to a high standard. My dad is a very nagging type of personality in a love in a love in way. In a good I way. Guess. <laughs> yes. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll give you an example. Like growing up, my dad, like every day of my life, did you do your homework? Like, what did you learn at school today? Have you is all your are all are all of your assignments done? he would say to me even when i was in college he would call me and say is your homework done i'd be like dad i have never ever turned in an assignment late or missed my homework partly you know because he's been nagging me but by the time i was in college <laughs> that day that he called me i said dad i i was like have you ever known me to say like that i i missed something that i have a missing assignment and he's like well no i was like yeah so i think you can stop asking now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but I assume he understands the significance and importance and where a, a good education can get you. I'm curious about how this relationship with your mom, with both of your parents, and, and you seem you're very appreciative of your relationship and how they raised you. When you're in school and you see kids that are less fortunate, a teacher can kind of pick that up early on, meeting a student. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a lot of kids that I see that I'm kind of like, oh man, you know, I don't know about their parents. I I do my best though when I see those kind of kids where I think maybe their parents aren't so aren't so great. Mm -hmm. I do my best not to judge the parents because I have no idea what it's like to be a parent. So you know, I and honestly, I think it would get kind of depressing to me if I started thinking about like you know, I think this kid's parents aren't so great or whatever. So I just do my best to focus on the positive. And like I said, I'm not a parent. So it's, I feel like I have no place to judge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No judgment, just compassion. Yeah. Compassion is a huge gift. Because that little bit that you give that one child could change their future, right? Hopefully. Yeah, that's true. I probably have changed the lives of you know, many students. It's just funny because I don't really think about it like that. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I do. That's a big weight on your shoulders. But I love how you say, you know, I'm I'm like Mr. Rogers, but it is 2022, and I'm a, I'm a girl wearing black lipstick. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, well, because Mr. Rogers, you know what I mean. He's a great Absolutely. role model. Yeah. But who looks like Mr. Rogers? Not yeah. me. Mm -hmm. You know. And a and lot of kids great. they want to grow up looking different. Sure. So that's great. Wear your black lipstick. Wow. Has your mom ever um, stepped into your class and, and watched what you do and how you work with kids? Or oh, was she gosh, giving you no. teacher advice? No. So my mom only really, 
was by the time I started my teaching career, my mom had only been teaching like two years longer than me. And the life of a teacher is chaotic. So to be honest with you, I went through my student teaching during the pandemic. So I have had very, very few, like, you know, I did my student teaching on Zoom. Very few people have actually seen me teach because there's just not enough people. Like they're too busy trying to like put out fires in other parts of the school. There's a huge teacher shortage where I am. I think they're short like 800 that was like a year ago. They were short 800 teachers. I'm sure it's gone up because I left the school district too. So it's at least 801. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, when they're short 800 teachers, there's nobody that's coming to watch my lesson. In fact, they're giving me another person's class. And then I end up with 45 kids to watch. And that kind of is an answer too to your question about those the kids who I see that are a little bit less fortunate. It's like it kind of gets swept under the rug because it's like if I'm watching 45 kids, I mean, there's it's I think they it's impossible to cracks. teach that many kids. Yeah, it's yeah. basically at that point it's kind and I don't want to make you know I think I'm a good teacher and stuff. It's there's just unfortunate circumstances surrounding how education in America is now because at that point it's not teaching. It's trying to get the kids especially after all the trauma and the pandemic, the lack of social skills, they're 2 years behind. At that point it's not teaching anymore. It's just trying to survive. Yeah. I I agree. The state of the education system in this country, that's a whole other topic. But again, I applaud you for, for choosing this this career because we certainly need as many fantastic teachers as we can get our hands on. You had mentioned to me that you're a proud member of the LGBTQ community. Of course. Can you share your story as to how you came out to your family? And was it as difficult as you may have thought it was going to be? Oh, my gosh. Well... Um, the way that I came out to my mom, it was really more of a big deal to tell my dad because my mom has always been like, so my mom, she kind of says that her parents, not that they didn't care about her because of course I think they did, but they're just, they kind of had more of like a hands-off parenting mentality, if you will. But I, I'm within the tribe. I don't think anybody would describe it as hands-off parenting. That's like the side of me that's read like mommy blogger type of things okay but her parents are just kind of like go do whatever you know they're not really like checking up on her too often and you know she would tell me stuff like she would go and climb these giant rocks like with her friends that's or her siblings or whatever and that's what they would do but she like now she's like i would never let you guys do that because hello you're just gonna like fall off the rock and like who knows what so i would talk to my dad like every day on the phone, my mom would call me maybe like once a week in college. So yeah, when I came out, it was to my dad. And then he was like, can we tell your mom? And I was like, sure. So we just went into the other room. That was his whole reaction? Not like immediately. I mean, he just, he thought, okay, he thought I was pregnant because he he knew something was up with me. I was kind of going through, you know, some stuff and uh, he was like, well, what is it? And I just felt like I had this thing like, that I had been keeping from them for so long. So finally I just told him, well, I, I couldn't say it. He's like, what is it? Like, are you pregnant? I was like, no, <laughs> don't even worry about that. So, but that, yeah, that's what he's like, can we go tell your mom? And so I was like, okay. And so we went in the other, room. it was really early in the morning and she was like still sleeping. And so he was like, hey, you know, like Tammy just came out or, you know, whatever he explained it to her. And she's just like, okay, cool. 
and like kind of like rolled over and like went back to sleep. Yeah, it's not like you didn't I even don't... let her wake up and get out of bed. Nothing. Yeah, it's... but it really, I mean, I don't, it really just wasn't that big of a deal. I don't think you're very, fortunate. I mean, to my dad, it was a big deal. I think just because I had been going through stuff, but and it, especially now, because that was when I was 16. And so it's just so not a big deal now. I just, I don't even know. Yeah. You're I, very fortunate. You're very, very fortunate. And, and their biggest fear, your dad, the first thing he said is, are you pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Even then, you know, growing up, my dad, I, w I wasn't really afraid to come out. The reason why I kind of, I didn't really want to come out is because I was like, oh my God, I don't want my dad to hassle me about like, just like if I was hanging out with a girl or something, like I didn't want, I didn't want him to hassle me about it. Not because I was like, oh my God, my dad. No, my dad growing up forever, both of my parents too, they're like, we love you no matter what, even if blah, blah, blah. And my advice to parents, too, is, you know, don't say even if, you know, just just end it, you know, just say, I love you no matter what, you know, I'll never kick you out. You always have a place to live here. That's what my parents would always say. That's pretty magical. And how simple yeah. it how simple is that? But it's not simple for everybody. Yeah. So silly. Very, very complicated. And just the spectrum of emotions and after effects from something like this is heart wrenching for some. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's kind of why I like, I don't mind talking about it to people because you always hear these like stories of people coming out where it's like this big dramatic thing and it simply does not have to be like that. And I think, you know, if more people were to hear stories like mine, then it's just going to become less and less of a big deal. It doesn't have to be some crazy life event, you know? Good for you. Thanks. And I'm so happy for you because you are still who you are who cares what your your preferences are you, you are still who you are what an odd thing like i'm like you know I, I don't really it's not really anybody's business what like my sexual orientation is <laughs> but apparently people are concerned with that and they yeah they go off the wall M my takeaway from this was that hearing about your mom and your grandmother and the women in your life, and you're lucky your dad has played an important role in your life, is yeah. that she allowed you to be who you wanted to be. And I'm not just talking about as, you know, coming out in life, she let you figure out your own path. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yes, definitely. Well, my mom, she just, I think, really, that's why she ended up moving to like Las Vegas and stuff, moved off the reservation, got her degree because she's like, I wanted you to have all the opportunities. She always calls me her, her reincarnation, but with curly hair. <laughs> Cause I, I look a lot like her, but she's got straight hair. You do look like twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. So she's like, it's my better version of myself. So I do my, I, I like thinking that I have her behind me because I just try to you know, make my parents proud with everything that I do and my ancestors and all that. And I, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty magical. Well, congratulations. And Tammy Haddad, I really, I wish you the best of luck with your teaching and your Cozy Rainbow podcast. It is for kids, uh, geared for kids ages 10 and up. And you do trivia questions, you do all these kind of couple of things. And it's only it's like 15 minutes long. So kids stay engaged. Yes. Yeah. I kind of, I tried to make it kind of like a classroom podcast, but there are some people that listen to it. You know, I think a lot of moms and daughters listen to it. Funny enough. Well, that's pretty great. 
I hope to hear from you again in the future, keeping me posted on what you're up to and, and how you're handling all these wonderful, magical kids. I'm telling you, my, my older son just graduated from college. I have another one graduating next year, and we are still friends with all their preschool teachers and their preschool directors. It's <laughs> it's going to happen to you, too. If you keep teaching, all these kids are going to come back to you 20 years later and say, Hi, Ms. Haddad. Yeah. I, I just, I'm so glad we got a chance to talk and, and get your perspective. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Tammy. And thank you to all my listeners, because without you, I wouldn't be doing this. So I really, really appreciate it. And everyone who's got their ear to KPPQLP in Ventura, California at 104.1 FM. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother. Mother.